Welcome to Get Smart Politics. It's your political cheat sheet for the week of June 13th, 2022. We are about 148 days, 21 weeks until the November midterm election and 876 days, that's 29 months from the 2024 presidential election. I'm here with our author, Eric, and he's going to tell us the top storylines from this week. I know you are going to guess what they are because there were some big stories this week. The first one was the January 6th commission um, televised last Thursday. Yeah, this one really turned out to be a pretty big show. I wasn't sure how many people were really going to tune in to watch these primetime hearings. But on Thursday, it looks like about 19 million people tuned in to watch it live, which is a pretty big number. It's larger than I really probably would have guessed. Um, had a, a lot of evidence shown. A lot of people felt like it was nothing major that was a breaking revelation. It's not necessarily the big... Um, you know, the big reveal that I think was maybe promised by some of the members of the commission. However, it sounds like it uh, did move some people more than you may have expected when they saw the testimony live and saw some of the video live. The commission is going to continue some of those hearings, and they're going to have one today on Monday, uh, and that one's going to focus on the, the information that President Trump was spreading about the election and um, in between the election and January 6th and how they believe that that information was false. Then on Wednesday, they're going to have another hearing talking about his plan to replace the attorney general for not going hard enough after uh, what he believed was evidence of um, election fraud. And then on Thursday, they'll have a third, uh, well, I guess a fourth hearing, third of the week. And that one is going to be about his efforts to pressure Vice President Pence into taking action on January 6th. So what's your bottom line here? What do you think the end result's going to be? Ultimately, I don't think it's going to come out to anything uh, that's going to change the direction of the the country or the elections in November. I think this is most of the people who are on the left have already decided that President Trump is the worst president that's ever lived. I think most of the people on the right have decided to either, you know, uh, stick their head in the sand and move on or that nothing happened in the first place. Everybody's pretty much made up their mind on what's happened here. And it's it's political theater, I feel like, um, because it's really just a one-sided presentation of the situation. Um, there's not an adversarial, uh, like a trial or a, a, a normal hearing here. So it's a lot of people that are um, working, up the, working themselves up, but not probably making any progress. Okay. So the number two top story, I'm going to guess, is the gun control legislation. Absolutely. This is a huge story that just broke last night, yesterday afternoon, I suppose, that a group of 20 senators has gotten together. That was 10 Democrats, 10 Republicans. They've gotten together and tried to hammer out some sort of agreement on gun reform legislation that could actually pass the Senate. And they announced that they uh, have an, an initial framework, I guess you could call it, that they don't have the bill language yet, but they have some framework of what they're going to pass um, or something that could pass the filibuster and actually be signed into law by the president, which he said he would do if it gets out of Congress. It would include things like uh, some incentives for states to implement red flag laws, increased funding for school security, and then increased funding for mental health services. Okay, so what's the number three? So number three is there's a big story this week about um, some cracks in President Biden's united front that he's been showing about the 2024 election. He has 
been been pretty straightforward saying he does plan to run again for re-election uh, he won't allow any debate about that it says that he's absolutely running there's no question but the new york times had a big story last week and the headline was should biden run in 2024 democrat democratic whispers of no start to rise uh, it even quoted david axelrod who's a very prominent democratic strategist saying that he doesn't he thinks that the president's age is going to be a major issue um, if he does run and um, quoted a number of people on the record saying that they're really uncomfortable with the fact that uh, the president is looking a little bit uh, off of his game lately and that they think that they need to find somebody else to run. But everybody quoted in the article also said they were not comfortable with Vice President Harris stepping in to run in his place. So the fact that this has gone on the record um, in the New York Times of all places uh, shows that they're really trying to dip their toe in the water and see where public opinion is and lay the groundwork to see if um, another direction needs to be taken. Okay, well, that's going to be interesting. That's a good segue, though. How is the presidential polling looking this week? Yeah, well, and that's part of the um, part of the analysis there, too. The president's polling numbers have just continued to look terrible, honestly. Uh, this week, they went down by another half percent to a negative uh, net approval rating of negative Thirteen and a half percent. That is really atrocious, and it is the lowest anyone's been at this point in their presidency ever. And uh, that even puts them three points below where President Trump was at this point in his term. I know we've said that a couple of times over the past few weeks, but it just actually the gap keeps on growing. He's, um, I think, these rising inflation, uh, gas prices, and other things uh, over the past couple of weeks has made his approval go even worse. Uh, there's really no end in sight for the way that. He's been tanking in the approval ratings. Okay, no change for Congress, though, this week. Right. Congress is still pretty steadily bad. Yeah. (laughs) Negative 46.8%. It's hard to get a lot worse than that, although they're probably going to (laughs) try. What about the generic ballot? Yeah, we're also seeing a little bit of movement back in the Republican favor over the past couple of weeks on that. It's back to Republicans up 3.5% in the generic ballot. That is historically very uh, unusual. Republicans almost never are even 1% positive in the generic ballot. So 3.5% is major. And that gap has grown over the past couple of weeks after it had narrowed a little bit, basically right when those couple of shootings happened. Um, you saw a little bit of a tightening, but now it's opened back up. Okay. What's on the calendar this week? So the president is planning to go to um, to Philadelphia to give a speech at the AFL-CIO Uh, Union um, convention in Philadelphia on Tuesday. Other than that, it looks like the president's going to be in Washington, D.C. for the rest of the week. The House is going to be in session this week, Monday through Thursday, and then they're going to have recess for the next couple of weeks. Um, The Senate is going to be in session this week and next week before they take a two-week recess for the July 4th holiday. Okay. Do we have any primaries this week? Yeah, so we last week was like Super Tuesday for primaries. We had a ton of primaries last week. This week we have a, a more manageable number. We have four of them. So we're, we'll start off in uh, in Maine. Alphabetical order is starting with Maine. These are all late in the alphabet. Um, there's no Senate race in Maine, but there is an interesting House race. The current uh, current member of the House is Jared, Jared Golden. He's going to be challenged by Bruce Poliquin, who is the person that... Uh, Golden actually beat to win the seat in the first place. They're going back at it again. 
they have gone back and forth. The seat has gone back and forth for years. Um, no one's held it for more than two consecutive terms for probably uh, 14 years. So um, continues to ping pong back and forth, and it's going to be hotly contested. Um, in Nevada, there's a Senate race there, a big one. Catherine Cortez Masto is up for re-election. She's a Democrat, but it's a pure toss-up race. Nevada is just a razor-thin uh, margin between Republicans and Democrats, and so it's going to be one of the most hotly contested races in the nation this year. Adam Laxalt looks like he's going to be taking the Republican nomination. He's been way ahead in the polls and has all the endorsements and money behind him. Um, the House races, there's four House seats in Nevada. In Nevada. All four of them are pretty close as far as Republican-Democrat lean. Um, three of them are currently held by Democrats, and those are very tight. The three Democratic seats are only D plus two, D plus three, and D plus three, meaning each one of them is a huge target for takeover in the November election. It wouldn't be surprising at all if all four Nevada seats become Republican in November with the way that the election's trending. And um, with that in mind, there's going to be, of course, a ton of people running in those primaries trying to become the Republican nominee in those. Um, two more states, North Dakota, nothing exciting going on uh, this year that I expect, at least. Uh, John Hoven is running for a re-election in the Senate. And um, Kelly Armstrong, uh, he's running for re-election in the House. They both look very safe. And then the sa same thing in the Senate for uh, South Carolina, the last state we're going to cover. Tim Scott is up for re-election. He doesn't look to be having any problems. In the House in South Carolina, there are two races that I think are really going to be interesting in the primary. Um, none of them are really competitive in the general, but we have two in the primary that are going to be hotly contested. That's the 1st District and the 7th District. The first is Nancy Mace is the incumbent in the Republican primary. She's going to be um, up against some pretty heavy funding and endorsements against her because she really upset President Trump. She didn't vote against him in the impeachment uh, proceedings, but she did uh, condemn him for the Capitol riots on January 6th and really drew his ire. She voted to censure um, or hold in contempt Steve Bannon and a number of other things that have just upset the president. So he's really coming after her, um, former President Trump, I should say. And then the 7th District is Tom Rice. He is one of the 10 Republicans who did vote to impeach President Trump in uh, the second impeachment trial. And of course that upset uh, uh, former President Trump. So he is definitely coming heavily against Tom Rice. This South Carolina is a runoff state. So if anyone gets less than 50% of the vote uh, in, the, in the primary, they have to proceed to a runoff between the final two candidates to see who gets to uh, the general election. So. It'll be really, really tight to see if anybody can make it past that threshold and get into the general. All right. Well, a lot of things to watch this week, and we will see you next time.